welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who when Christ had been baptised in the River Jordan, and as the Holy Spirit descended upon him, solemnly declared him your beloved Son, grant that your children by adoption, reborn of water and the Holy Spirit, may always be well-pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, O, come to the water, all you who are thirsty. Though you have no money, come. Buy corn without money and eat, and at no cost, wine and milk. Why spend money on what is not bread? your wages on what fails to satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and you will have good things to eat, and rich food to enjoy. Pay attention, come to me, listen, and your soul will live. With you I will make an everlasting covenant, out of the favours promised to David. See, I have made of you a witness to the peoples, a leader and a master of the nations. See, you will summon a nation you never knew, Those unknown will come hurrying to you, for the sake of the Lord your God, of the Holy One of Israel, who will glorify you. Seek the Lord while he is still to be found. Call to him while he is still near. Let the wicked man abandon his way, the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn back to the Lord who will take pity on you. Let him turn back to the Lord who will take pity on him to our God who is rich in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways not your ways. It is the Lord who speaks. Yes, the heavens are as high above earth as my ways are above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. Yes, as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and do not return without watering the earth, make it yield and giving growth to provide seed for the sower and bread for So the word that goes from my mouth does not return to me empty, without carrying out my will and succeeding in what it was sent to do. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Truly, God is my salvation. I trust, I shall not fear. For the Lord is my strength, my song. He became my saviour. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Give thanks to the Lord, give praise to his name. Make his mighty deeds known to the peoples. Declare the greatness of his name. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. Sing a psalm to the Lord for he has done glorious deeds. Make them known to all the earth, people of Zion, sing and shout for joy, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You will draw water joyfully from the springs of salvation. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ has been begotten by God, and whoever loves the Father that begot him 
loves the child whom he begets. We can be sure that we love God's children. If we love God himself and do what he has commanded us, this is what loving God is. Keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not difficult, because anyone who has been begotten by God has already overcome the world. This is the victory over the world, our faith. Who can overcome the world? Only the man who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus Christ who came by water and blood, not with water only, but with water and blood, with the Spirit as another witness. Since the Spirit is the truth, so that there are three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three of them agree. We accept the testimony of human witnesses, but God's testimony is much greater, and this is God's testimony, or as given evidence for his Son. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. John saw Jesus approaching him and said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In the course of his preaching, John the Baptist said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am. And I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. It was at this time that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised in the Jordan by John. No sooner had he come up out of the water than he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit, like a dove, descending on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. My favour rests on you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we hear from the Gospel of Mark. Um, In fact, now that we're in the year B of the cycle of Sunday readings, we're going to hear quite a bit from Mark's Gospel. Um, And one of the features of Mark is that his style is really stark. It's bare. The other Gospels often provide more details, they describe events using more words, but Mark is laconic, and in his sort of barren style, he kind of packs more punch. But you know what, like he makes you work for it. (laughs) And so the Gospel passage we have here is just two little paragraphs, but it's jam-packed with meaning. Look at the picture he paints as Jesus rises up out of the water. A tremendous revelation is made about his identity. He's the one on whom the Spirit rests, you know, the one who's been anointed with the Spirit. He's the Mashiach, the anointed one, the Messiah. But he's more than just a man with a mission. He stands in a unique relation with God. The voice from heaven declares, You are my son, the beloved. My favour rests on you. Now, take a look at this picture for a second. In one moment, God has put himself fully on display. The voice of the Father declares that Jesus is his Son, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him. Right here we see the revelation of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
I don't know, maybe this is me being a little bit schmaltzy, but I imagine this being a really proud moment. Like, you know, the father declaring that this is my son. He's presenting him to the world, showing him off. His only begotten son, the one upon whom his favour, his love rests. Now, there's so much to be said about this short little gospel, but here, one thing that I'd like to focus on particularly is this kind of amazing reversal that happens. But in order to see it, we need to go back to the Old Testament. We need to see the broader meaning of this event of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. Now, one of the heroes of the Old Testament uh, appears in the book of Genesis. It's Abraham. He's the one who's held up as the great example of faithfulness to God. He's the one who hears God's word and responds wholeheartedly, faithfully. And as a result, he's given the great promise of God that he would become the father of many nations. But the irony, however, is that he and his wife, Sarah, they're both old, like old. And they're without children. But despite the natural impossibility of conceiving, his wife, Sarah, gives birth to a son, Isaac. And we can see even here the great faithfulness of Abraham, that that he trusts that God keeps his promises. I'm going to be a father of many nations. God will do it. But this is a tremendous moment, right? He receives his son, Isaac. And Abraham and his wife can see that God indeed does keep his promises um, and that he might indeed, in fact, become the father of many nations. But here's the thing. While Isaac's still a boy, Abraham received a devastating command from God. He hears this, right? Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Now, this isn't only a heartbreaking command. It also challenges Abraham's faith. You see, if Isaac his only son by Sarah, is dead, then how will God remain faithful to the promise he made that, you know, Abraham would become a father of many nations? It really puts God's great plan into great turmoil. Still, Abraham's great quality is faith, and he believes that God is faithful, that God will keep his promise. Not knowing how this will play out, he places the wood of the burnt offering on Isaac's back, and they begin to climb Mount Moriah. Now, I'll give it to you. This story is extremely troubling because it's abhorrent to think that God would require a human sacrifice, that he would ask from Abraham his firstborn and his only beloved son. I mean, parents would surely prefer to sacrifice themselves. It wouldn't be a stretch to imagine that Abraham would have preferred to die a thousand deaths rather than offer his own son, But he remains faithful to God and he takes the first step in following his commands, no doubt praying at each and every step that something would happen, that something would change, that God would somehow intervene. So Isaac gets a little confused and he asks his father, he said, look, the fire and the wood are here, but um, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, Abraham doesn't have the heart to tell Isaac that, um, in fact, son, it's you. (laughs) You're the one who's been earmarked as the lamb of sacrifice. But in his mercy, 
Abraham also seems to speak prophetically. He, he hasn't got the heart to tell his kid, but this is what he says. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Now, we know how this plays out. It's a well-known story. Just as Abraham clutches the knife to sacrifice Isaac, an angel appears and commends Abraham for his faith. He was so convinced of God's faithfulness that he would obey the command, even if it seemed to conflict with God's promise. So nearby is a ram um, that was caught by its horns in a thicket, and Abraham sacrifices that animal in praise of God. Now, this story is very much part of Israel's history. It's called in Hebrew the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. And this story surely comes to mind in this great moment when the voice of the father declares that this is my beloved son. Here's the great reversal. What's revealed in the moment of Christ's baptism in the Jordan, that God will indeed provide the lamb. That he's seen descending into the waters of the Jordan and rising up from them. The father says, this is my beloved son. And in this moment, we see the depth of the relationship between Jesus of Nazareth and and God the Father. He is Father. Jesus is the Son, his most precious Son. And here we see that it's not man who will give his Son to God, but God who will give his Son to man. When God asked Abraham to give his son Isaac, it was a prefiguring of the true gift that God would give his son. And here we see the fulfillment of the prophetic words of Abraham. God indeed has provided the lamb. And the lamb is the son of God. The lamb is Jesus. Remember the command God gave to Abraham first. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. And now, in the baptism in the Jordan, we hear the voice of the Father declare, This is my beloved Son, my only Son, whom I love, Jesus. Now, in the story of Abraham and the sacrifice of his son, uh, you know, our hearts certainly go out to Isaac, but principally to Abraham. And, and why? Because Abraham loves Isaac. The value of the sacrifice is so high precisely because Abraham loves his son. But at the same time, this also shows the great faith and love that Abraham has in God. What anguish and turmoil this devastating and perplexing command must have caused. And surely we can see in Abraham some sense of an analogue of the father. How great is the love of the father to give his only begotten son his beloved. Doesn't this show the love that the Father has for us? Would he not, like Abraham, prefer to offer himself over and over again rather than give his son? The sign of Jesus entering into the waters and rising from them shows the great love of the Father made manifest in the gift of the Son. What greater sign is there What further proof can there be of the Father's love? And so, you know, no doubt we have these words ringing in our ears from the Gospel of John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. 
Now, like I said at the start, there is so much to this gospel of the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan. We see the mission that Jesus takes up. We see the presence of the Holy Spirit. We see John the Baptist's mission coming to its fulfillment. You know, there's there's so much to talk about. There's so much to, to learn and to meditate upon. But you know what? Like, I think for now, just to hear the voice of the Father, this is my son, my beloved. How precious he is to the Father. And so how precious is the gift that is entrusted to us. Let's open our hearts to receive his son and to make him our beloved. Thanks for praying with us and may God bless you abundantly so that this day may give glory to God the Father.